This is an AMI podcast. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI TV. Public libraries do so much more than just lend out books. They are community hubs. They're innovators. The Toronto Public Library has created a sensory room for children with sensory processing needs. Jessica Roy is the sensor is the sensory room team lead for the project. The program is based out of Sir Walter Stewart Branch. Hey, good morning, Jessica, for stumbling over your title there. I did a very poor job, <laughs> but uh, but how was the uh, sensory room developed? So the sensory room was developed following consultation with community agencies that support children with disabilities and their families and caregivers, uh, also with direct feedback from families. And the research was conducted by the Accessibility Services for Children Work Group at Toronto Public Library. So, so what kind so, of... Oh, sorry, go ahead. But my apologies. No, go, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say along those lines, what are some of the best practices and research that you're pulling from that goes into creating the space? So the team conducted an environmental scan of sensory rooms across North America, North America, and we identified 18 existing spaces in libraries, hospitals, schools, healthcare facilities, and community centers. And we reached out to those organizations to learn more about their spaces and to benefit from their lessons learned. And what we learned is that there's a lot of different kinds of spaces out there, and they're used differently by a variety of people. And so a good principle is a flexibility of design to meet diverse needs. Um, so furniture that is movable, um, uh, lighting that can be adjusted, equipment that you can turn off and on, blinds that can be uh, raised or lowered, allows people to use the space in a way that uh, best meets their needs, their particular needs. Uh, we learned about the eight senses and different sensory processing difficulties, and we tried to consider all these different sensory needs in designing our space and being aware that some people will need more sensory input and others will need less sensory input, so they're able to adjust the room to those needs. I, I think... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I, I, I keep catching you on these pauses. You keep taking these deep breaths. I keep catching you. Sorry about that. Go ahead. Um, I was just going to say, we, we also developed equipment criteria in talking to these organizations, and uh, we learned about the importance of staff training and resources uh, in order to be able to support customers who are coming to use the space. Um, and we also considered the our space in particular, which uh, is unstaffed, so having um, equipment that people can easily use and uh, doesn't require a lot of maintenance or instruction. You got into the features a little bit there, but scratch a little bit deeper in terms of what you and your colleagues wanted to install to sort of bring the room to life. So this space uh, includes uh, an image projector, which projects images onto the wall and simulates visual senses. It also offers opportunity for object, shape, and color recognition, so it can start a spark a conversation between a parent and child. Um, there's fiber optic wall carpets. So these are black acrylic carpets that are on the wall. They have glowing pins of light that are safe for children to touch. They're not hot. Um, and it provides soft lighting and it also insulates the room and uh, absorbs sound. Uh, we have, this is a magic circle. It's heat sensitive surface that changes color with touch. 
We also have a rainbow air tube. This is a column of light that cycles through, uh, slowly through different colors, and kids can change colors using a touch response control pad, which encourages motor skills and helps them to learn about cause and effect. There's a Soma acoustic cushion, so customers can connect to this through their Bluetooth and then amplify their own music that they're familiar to and uh, feel the musical vibrations in their body. Uh, and it's actually placed in this beanbag chair. There's also one in the podium. Uh, you can see in this image, um, uh, gel, or, or you may be able to see uh, gel floor tiles. These are squishy, colorful gel floor tiles that kids can um, squish with their hands and feet. We also have tactile circles on the wall where they, that kids can explore uh, texture, color, and also sound uh, when they touch it. Uh, we also have balancing equipment. So this allows kids to explore their vestibular sense and also proprioception, and they can use it to rock in ways that they might find soothing. Uh, we have different types of uh, soft seating. So there's a beanbag chair, as I mentioned, also squishy and firm foam surfaces so they can explore the different uh, textures. We have a custom mural. So this is a constant image that can soothe kids uh, because it's a predictable and unchanging point of focus that's always there. We do change out um, the uh, image projector slides so other parts of the room can uh, change and there's movement and changes in color, but that stays static. Uh, pretty amazing. Sounds like a fantastic room. Thank you so much for taking the time to describe some of those images as well. It's much appreciated. How could a room like this end up being a template for other Toronto Public Library locations? Yeah, so uh, S. Walter Stewart was an ideal location for this pilot because it has ample parking, there's a large children's area, there's also elevator access, and we were very fortunate to get a generous donation um, in the memory of Jay Blue, who is a community member who uh, was a, a teacher. Um, and uh, so we were very glad to do this pilot. We're still in the evaluation stage. Um, and so uh, we haven't yet made, we don't know what will come for the future, but we will uh, use that evaluation to inform future considerations. Um, so we're just testing, engaging the feasibility of sensory rooms at Toronto Public Library. And what are the access requirements? Who is able to access the sensory room at uh, Walter Stewart? So uh, TPL children's spaces, including the sensory room at S. Walter Stewart, are ge geared to children ages 12 and under and their parents and caregivers. And the space is designed to support children with sensory processing needs, but it can be enjoyed by all children. Jessica, I've had the opportunity over the years to do a couple stories about different sensory rooms in different places. I always find them to be really appealing. I can really see where sort of the universal design comes in in terms of comfort and relaxation in the space. Have you had a chance to actually reap the uh, efforts of your own hard work? Have you had a chance to relax and unplug in the space? Yes, uh, I think anyone can benefit from a sensory room. Uh, we've done staff training in the room. We've also uh, explored the room with the donor family. And uh, I have to say, um, anyone can can get a benefit from that. I'm sure parents who uh, visit with their children are enjoying it as well. Um, there's a lot to explore. Uh, we were there for an hour and there was still, uh, we were able to explore each of the items, but I'm, you know, it's always changing. There's new um, images uh, being shown with the projector. So, and there's always more to, to explore. Fantastic. Jessica, thank you for this. Have a great day. Thank you for all the hard work that you and your colleagues are doing. 
Thanks very much for having me. That's Jessica Roy, Sensory Room Team Lead at the Toronto Public Library. If you want to book a 60-minute visit at the Sensory Room, you can call 416-396-3975, 416-396-3975, or ask at the Children's Desk at the Sir Walter Stewart Branch. Coming up in 60 seconds, Elizabeth Moeller has the weather story of the day. But first, here is Canadian press reporter Karen Rebo with your morning business minutes. Canada's main stock index moved lower yesterday, led by energy and battery metals. Toronto's TSX index lost 60 points to close at 18,986. New York's Dow Jones average surged 204 points, and the Nasdaq gained 121. In Tokyo this morning, the Nikkei index rose 207 points, and our dollar is trading overseas this morning a little lower at 72.69 cents U.S. The Bank of Canada will announce its latest interest rate decision this morning. The federal government has has instructed workers and management in the St. Lawrence Seaway strike to sit down with a mediator. More than 360 uniform members at 13 of the 15 locks along the key trade corridor walked off the job Sunday. And Canadian National Railway is reporting a drastic 24% drop in quarterly profit to $1.1 billion in the third quarter, hit by forest fires and floods, as well as the fallout from the B.C. port workers strike. From the Canadian Press Business Desk, I'm Karen Rebo. Thank you very much, Karen. That interest rate announcement is coming your way in about 19 minutes. As soon as that information is available to me, I will share it with you. The other observation from that report, uh, people are going hungry at CN Rails. Only $1.1 billion in profit last quarter. How will they feed their children? Let's go to the weather story with Elizabeth Moeller. Elizabeth, you're looking to the Atlantic provinces this morning. We are. We are going Atlantic today, and we're looking at Fredericton, which had the latest start of the chilly season on record. So get ready in Fredericton. The last time that the temperatures dipped below the freezing mark in Fredericton was on May 10th. 2023, also my birthday. But residents woke up this morning to a temperature of minus 2.5 degrees. And that replaces October 2005, October 22, which was the previous record holder of the latest start of Fredericton's chilly weather season. And while Tuesday's below freezing temperature is a sign of things to come, fall is a season of temperatures that can and do trampoline up and down. The cold temperatures will feel like a thing of the past when temperatures will rise to the high teens and even into the 20s, Wednesday to Saturday this week. The conditions are caused by a high pressure system over the southeastern United States that will bring more air into much of the maritime provinces. And we will see daytime highs around 10 degrees above seasonal. So enjoy those temperatures. Elizabeth, thank you for this. Uh, certainly stay You're warm welcome. today, but this uh, yeah, weather that is passing through uh, Toronto and Montreal over the next few, few days is heading your way to the I Atlantic next. Coming up after the break... Floating bus stops are becoming an issue in the North Shore of Vancouver. Community reporter Amy Manti fills you in on some of those issues. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv.
Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.